0: Hi, I'm Yvonne Hyman, and today we are going to have a productive conversation with Mike Vardy.
1: Welcome to a productive conversation with Mike Vardy. And as you heard, my guest this week is Yvonne Hyman. She's helped me and my team get into ClickUp. We talk about that. We talk about a whole bunch of things in this conversation. I'm really happy that I was able to have her on the program, and we are going to continue to work together as I get more well-versed in ClickUp because the better versed I am in ClickUp, the better versed my team will be, and the more functional it will be across the board. I really am happy with this uh, really scalable and powerful uh, productivity tool. So we get into that in a whole bunch of things. But let's get to the conversation now. Here is Yvonne Hyman joining me for a productive conversation. Well, we've nerded out about this stuff a bunch of times before, so I'm glad we're actually able to record and broadcast it. Like, I know that we've been working on some stuff, and I mean, when this podcast comes out, we by that time we should have everything kind of laid out. The whole process of uh, productivityists move to ClickUp, um, and I wanted to get into ClickUp today a bit, but knowing full well that that's kind of where 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 we kind of uh, crossed streams, so to speak, in terms of the productivity space, but. I wanted to get started by um, you know, and as people have listened to this podcast, that you, you go through the show notes, you see all the stuff, the bio, all that stuff. So I just want to get into the right into the nitty-gritty and, and ask you, like what led you down this path of saying, you know what, I wanna work on helping people be more productive, maybe even specifically with this, with with clickup with this tool. Huh.
0: ClickUp, uh, we can get that really fast out of the way, actually. ClickUp just came along where I was frustrated with other tools and they did what I wanted to do. And the team is responsive. They are listening. Not, you're not just a number over there. So that's pretty much how I ended up with ClickUp leaving Asana. Literally from, from a Asana tech call of why the hell do I have to buy five seats when I'm a solopreneur and them pretty much telling me, we don't care about you. You are not big enough to discover and click up and them listening to me. So,
1: yeah. And and I think to be, to be clear is that every app has its own kind of audience. And at some point, I mean, I was with Asana for a long time.
0: Their target market is corporation. Their target market is, market market is bigger. So, I get it. I get it. I'm not their target market, but that in combination with pretty much a road support experience that I had, I'm like, I'm not dealing with this. There's enough tools out there. I don't have to stay with you.
1: So ClickUp was the one that kind of ticked off all the boxes.
0: Ticked up all the boxes. I did a live stream on Facebook, plucked it on YouTube and it did its own thing from there. <laughs> I was, I was talking ClickUp before ClickUp was ClickUp. But
1: But I guess another piece to that question is is why did you go down? I mean, the, the interesting thing about productivity and I've spent like over a decade in this field is that you can either go down the philosophical framework approach, right? Which is what I've chosen to do. Or you can be like, I'm going to be focusing on the tools and the applications. Why did you make the choice of going down the tools and apps segment as opposed to maybe like, here's how I believe you should get things done and the tool can help you, but it's not, you know, a paramount importance.
0: Yes, I use ClickUp to showcase, but when you actually look at my videos, I'm using ClickUp as the tool. I'm using ClickUp to showcase how we do things, but the why and what, can be applied anywhere else. To me, I hit the jackpot with clickup on YouTube. Don't give me wrong. I was the first time out there talking about ClickUp. I am ranking high on ClickUp as a search term. I love ClickUp. I wouldn't do this whole thing if I don't like the guys over there. I love the tool. But what I'm teaching. It's just using ClickUp as the tool. You can take all of the teachings and you can transfer them somewhere else. And I'm the biggest one to say it's like, you know what? (laughs) I hope this doesn't happen. And luckily, I have seen it too often. ClickUp has hit the big market now. They got their big funding. And I am paying close attention if they are sticking to their values. Because guess what? if they're switching around and they are not sticking with what they promised us and who they showed us to be over the last two years, I'm out. Everything I teach, everything I show can be transferred somewhere else. Do I like Asana? No. Do I wanna go to Monday? No. There is a reason I'm with Clicker, but that reason is also closely based on the mentality of the company, on the support, on how they talk with us. If they, everybody knows me behind the scenes. If they piss me off, I'm leaving.
1: Right, right. Well, and, and I, I mean, to that end, I mean, I remember when I watched your video about podcast, like building a podcasting template, and you didn't just offer like this is how you do it in ClickUp. You said here's one approach, here's another. ClickUp can do both. Here's what I think you you should do. And here's why. So you're right. It's you're using the tool as a conduit, as a as a framing device for the approaches that you have, as opposed to say having the approach and then using the tool as a you know, inverting it, right? Which I think is 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 fascinating. What got you into productivity in the first place? Like, I mean, <laughs> let's face it. I mean, most that's a loaded question. Well, it is, but I mean, I have to say that that, you know, in my years, it's been hard to find and it's not been a woman friendly kind of environment for a lot of people. I mean, there's mostly, you know, it, it, there's not a lot of women that have been in the space. It's growing as it should, you know. I mean, I remember when Gina Trapani was like the woman in productivity, and now we've got Jocelyn Clyde, we've got yourself, we've got Laura Vandercam, uh, tons of, of women. D&B but what led you down in line that path with
0: all of these women? <laughs> and it's it is interesting because when you look at women in the traditional space. Let's put it that way. Often enough, they run the family, they run the money, they keep the household together. They know what efficiency means because they have to. I'm like, they want to sleep at some point. So husband needs to be taken care of, job needs to be taken care of, kids needs to be taken care of. Oh, and they wanted a dog too. Guess who's going to take care of that one? So with that, I believe women are actually kind of born for that. Not that I have kids, but also with my German heritage, I always, I hated wasting time or resources, which is a whole nother story trying to not work all the time and actually quote waste time and relax a little. But what got me where I am today, that big turning point was taking care of my husband for two years throughout cancer and then losing him to cancer. That was the big trigger where I um, I nearly lost everything. I was lucky enough to have really, really good clients and really, really good friends around me. And with his community, because he was living in the same town now for sixth generation, I think, we were able to make it through that. And I was able to full-time take care of him while telling my clients, here's other resources, here's people I have worked with, getting them taken care of without me taking care of them. So pretty much I lost, nearly lost my whole business within those two years because I focused on taking care of him. I was able to ramp it back up again, but that was the trigger where I'm like, this is not why we went into business. We went into business to have the freedom to do what we want to do. In my case, I was a sucky timeframe. They're not not gonna make that nicer. But also spending time with your kids, going on vacation, not stressing out. That's why we get into this. We know it's going to take work and we know it's going to take time to build our business to get to that level. But I was like, I know. And then realizing how many people do not know how to organize their business, how to use, I see systems and workflows everywhere.
1: Sure. We all do. Yeah. They, I mean, it, it, we, sometimes they're hidden, but you, but you see them front-facing, but they're everywhere. You just got to look for
0: them. I always tell my clients, like, let's try to put this in a box. The, and pretty much what I'm trying to do is, like, okay, what are the common denominators? I'm building out a, a ClickUp setup right now, literally in Whimsical, which is flowcharts to get that visual around and to see, okay, they've been using statuses as what I call stages. Whole nother story, if anybody wants to know more about it, it's on YouTube, but we need to clean things up so that they can manage their team. And they brought me those statuses and those statuses and those statuses. I'm like, first of all, most of them are stages, statuses always should be active. And then I started seeing, because I laid them out, I started seeing, um, that means the same as that, you just called it something different. So let's see. If we can find the smallest denominator that fits these all together and see if rather than using five different stages, we use one. Right. And I, I do that everywhere between make, simplifying things. With the, the video you mentioned, the podcast show, I was literally talking about stop micromanaging. He had due dates on every single tiniest task. I'm like, why? This is taking more time to admin that stuff than actually getting it done. So finding those time wasters, finding those bottlenecks, automating whatever we can automate and just build out those systems.
1: When you're working with people or even in your years of kind of looking at systems and productivity, what, I'd love to hear your thoughts on patience in this process. Because you just, you talked about a few moments ago about like, We know we're going to have to do this. We know that this is a long game. But so many people want the solution now. They want it now. They want the success now. And I mean, we hear it a lot. We hear the whole like, there's no such thing as But yet it still comes back again and again and again. So how do you temper those expectations and help to preach patience along the way? Because you're also dealing with not only presenting approaches, you're dealing with technology, which not everybody is going to be on the same page with that either.
0: I'm not a patient person either. So this is a whole self lesson too. Um, I get moments where I get a client and I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. I'm so excited to work with them. I'm always excited to work with every client. But when I already see, okay, there's going to be some challenges that I haven't had before. It's totally my thing. That's what I love to do, figuring things out. So I often enough actually also get into that impatient role where then, okay, Evie, you you just scoot that one up. Let's dial this back a moment. Um, With my clients, on my client side, what I have seen helps a lot is first of all, always talk timeline. Um, I don't do, when it comes to ClickUp and specifically, I don't do done for you anymore because of that because building systems and workflows is so personal to you and your approach. There is no one way to build this. I'm like, we in our work have seen this where, okay, we can do it this way and we can do it this way and we can do it that way. Cool, you know now what's possible. How is your team working right now? How are you doing that? So having them in that process, first of all, helps them see, okay, I'm doing something. This is why this does take time. And they are not just getting a month later presented with here. This is how you're supposed to do. And they're like, where did you actually spend the time? Because once you have the cleanup done, it's like, oh yeah, this is just taking two hours. And no, no, already in the planning phase, we have two or three different reiterations. And one thing I'm working on right now for myself to make this better understandable for clients and to set those expectations from the beginning is actually have a visual with that where I do have a little handout that says, okay, these are the four stages we are going through. This is the framework I'm going to walk you through. This is what we need to get and do to get where you want to be and set those expectations up front. But I also get them busy in between. I have a little training folder in my ClickUp where it's like, okay, we want to make sure you have the basics. I know you told me you have the basics. Sure. Mm-hmm. Let's make sure you do have the basics because often enough with a tool like ClickUp, there is so many features. I'm like, I can't even keep up with all the releases. I have a specific focus where I know, okay, I'm keeping up on those feature releases. And if something comes up where I'm like, Hmm, I know that's there, but I'm not hundred percent sure how that works. I reach out to another console and I'm like, okay, Brain down. We need to jump on a zoom call. I know you are working in that specific feature a lot. How does that work? How can I make this work for me?
1: Is that how you, is that how you approach all that? I mean, cause that's, that's one of the things that kind of frustrated me when I was keeping up with the app space. And I know Danny Hatcher and I talked about apps when I was on his live stream is it's always a, you're one person chasing multiple people, moving this thing forward. In most cases, some apps are a small team, but in, in the case of ClickUp, certainly not. Um, how do you set aside the time to work towards mastery, towards using, using a tool or a process uh, like that? Because it's got to be, I mean, I think there's a lot of lessons in there people can have and take away from that, not just in terms of ClickUp, but just, I want to get good at something. Here's how I do it
0: for me because I'm so ingrained in it. I live and breathe it. If there is a release, note that pops up where I'm like, "Ooh, I've been waiting to be able to do this." I need to pay attention that I don't spend the next 3 days testing it and actually do client work.
1: So you block um, time off for that kind of stuff. No, it just happens
0: and like I'm sitting with a laptop on the, <laughs> I'm sitting with a laptop on my couch and suddenly it's 3 days later and I'm like, "Holy am I should go back to client work." So because I'm in it where it is things where I'm like, okay, these are not on my high priority. So they didn't catch my my attention in a clicker release or it's a feature that I was waiting for that I'm even signed up to get notifications for. But I know it will be of advantage in the future and I want to add to it. It is in my personal improvement list in ClickUp, where I'm regularly running sprints every week to uh, have specific time set aside to dig into those.
1: Meal planning is important because it prevents us from being a disappointed wreck when dinner time comes around and we have no clue what to make, or even if we have the ingredients to make the meal. It's a time and a money saver, but most importantly, it frees up valuable brain space creating a meal plan prepares us for the week to come and gives us peace of mind that we're organized and can feed ourselves and our family that's why i do it and that's why plan to eat helps me do it your subscription includes access to the Plan to Eat website and fully featured mobile apps on iOS and Android. And plan to eat gives you the tools to clip and organize recipes from any website, the ones your family loves and that fit your dietary preferences and needs. And you can create a meal plan around your schedule. Then what happens is the Plan to Eat software automatically creates an organized shopping list based on your plan. So sign up for your free trial at plantoeat.com/slash timecrafting. That's plantoeat.com forward slash timecrafting. The coupon will be automatically applied to your account and can be used when you're ready to subscribe. It's valid for new customers only. Give Plan to Eat a try today. Making content is an essential part of what I do to keep this show going, but it hasn't always been a seamless, creative process. And when it comes to the sharing on social, when it comes to podcast artwork, when it comes to everything that we do, canva pro has been a huge help ever since i found canva pro i can design anything like a pro as can my team members on any device canva pro is a design platform that empowers you to create and share stunning content in just a few clicks so whether you're a design professional or just getting started like yours truly designing with canva pro is amazingly fast and fun you can choose from thousands of professionally made templates that are easy to customize with simple drag and drop features, or you can start from scratch. Canva Pro comes with endless premium fonts, photos, videos, and so much more that add personality and edge to whatever you're designing. I'm using Canva Pro a lot to make my YouTube thumbnails, and it is so easy, and I'm able to really kind of stretch my, my creativity uh, with all of what Canva Pro has to offer. It's, and, and frankly, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun to to use Canva Pro because it makes me feel like I can do so much more with my limited skill set. Sharing, creating, and organizing designs as a group has never been easier because Canva Pro helps you stay on top of team projects all in one place. I can speak from experience on that. There's no more misplaced files, and there's no more tedious back and forth. With Canva Pro's content planner, you can save time planning, creating, and posting social media content too. You can pause scheduled posts and edit them at any time time. Again, my favorite Canva Pro feature is just the fact that it makes me look a lot better than I am at doing design work. I really enjoy how seamless it is. Uh, the fact that it's very intuitive and the fact that I've got so many features at my disposal. You can design like a pro with Canva Pro starting today. Right now, you can get a free 45-day extended trial when you use my promo code. Just go to canva.me timecrafting to get your free 45-day extended trial. That's canv slash timecrafting canva.me slash timecrafting. Do it today. How do you start up when the world is upside down? Sit Down Startup is a new weekly podcast from Zendesk. Their startups team brings together entrepreneurs, founders, and CEOs to discuss the latest business challenges and how to put customer experience at the heart of success. Hear from people that understand unpredictability in a coffee shop style conversation. Catch weekly fresh new episodes on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Can we circle back a bit to your heritage? And I mean, we've had this conversation before. I mean, your accent, for people who don't know, German, right?
0: Yep. German that learned British English in school. So it's a whole weird combination. <laughs> so when
1: you, because now you live in, in the United States and I know, and I'll give you a quick story. When I was, um, when Productivityist was getting, you know, early legs, I had uh, somebody email me from Poland and they said, I love your work, but productivity." Really threw me for a loop. You and I have had this conversation before, and they said the term productivity I didn't like because it was a measuring stick for what we would receive within our, you know, within our culture, and so it was not a good term. It was a bad term. People, so culturally, like, what do you first off? What have you taken from you know your heritage and have brought to this this kind of field? Um, especially in the Western world, like over here in, in, in North America. And then conversely, what are the things that happen here that drive you nuts that would not take place in, in there we go, in Europe, where you're originally from? There's got to be competing priorities.
0: So m- let's start in the beginning. My problem with productivity wasn't necessarily my heritage. Yes, there is, uh, even dating back to Hitler, where... Um, on, on the camps, it says work makes free. So everything was always about working a lot, about productivity, about about being of value. If you didn't produce anything, you weren't of value to the country. Um,
1: right. You are what you did, not you are who you were. Right.
0: Correct. So I was lucky enough, lucky enough luck, however you want to look at it. Um, the wall came down when I was eight, so I didn't have much of that experience. I had some of that in school, but it wasn't that ingrained in me, like, and somebody that's a little bit older than me that has experienced all of that in school.
1: Were you in West Germany or East Germany then? East Germany. So you were in East Germany. Okay. So you were on the other side. Okay.
0: Yeah. I got some fun story on that, but that's another podcast. Mm. For me, productivity as the word, and that was me also learning lingual. This is just my perception. I had a problem with the word productivity because productivity doesn't just means you are busy. It doesn't necessarily mean you are going somewhere. I can't be recording videos the whole day long and they don't go anywhere if I do those with Joe Schmo.
1: You did it. It's interesting because the way you brought that up, and I mean, it's work. The idea of if you looked busy and you looked productive, you could fly under the radar. And even though you're not necessarily producing anything of, quote, value or anything that you really desire to do, it was more a means to an end than anything else. And I, I can. Wow. And, you know, what? another thing that's fascinating to me, Yvonne, I know we're going a bit of a tangent, but there I I, re, I realized I mean, I obviously remember the wall coming down. Um, there are people who have ne- who are alive that never even like it's there's no concept of East and West Germany in their lifetime.
0: I was 20 minutes away from the wall. My dad literally was missing for a day when that wall came down. Yeah. I wow. Got some wow.
1: So 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 productivity. But that but I think that that's really a valuable thing, because I think like when I talk about productivity, I say it's te- the union of intention and attention. Right. Whereas people and I think I know this because a lot like, oh, productivity, it's defined in the dictionary as Like it's the it's it's efficiency and effectiveness. I'm like, yeah, but those things come after like you can't be efficient and effective before you're productive. You just get more efficient and effective. But if you're being efficient about the wrong things then you're not being efficient and if you're not being so it's about there has to be a definition. There has to be a, a a purpose or a or a a reason. Um, and to your point, it's like, if the reason is, and that's the interesting thing, I think that's where it gets confused. If the reason of being productive is just so that nothing bad happens to you, then to you, that's productive. But is it? It's not really right. Like, and so many bad things going to happen, they're going to happen. Right. Well, they're going to eventually happen anyway, right? Because it's a circumstance. And I think there's a lot of people that are in their jobs and their work, that they are doing things for the sake of doing them. Because if they appear to be busy and they appear to be doing things. That's the measuring stick for productivity that we need to break. It's that's not what productivity is. It's again, it's, there's just so much there. So what's, when you come here, what's the diff, like, are you noticing a difference or is it like, no, you guys still have it wrong.
0: Uh, what your podcast listeners don't see is me just shaking my head. I swear. You're on YouTube, you are, though. <laughs> on YouTube, that's going to see me, podcasters. I'm not going to. Um, I swear the US is the most inefficient country I have experienced. And you just hit a button. It starts with little things where I'm literally, I love the complex I'm living in, but I'm like, Seriously, people, the time you were wasting on your staff, on BS staff that has no impact, that has no quality to me as a renter, yet you are throwing money at that rather than doing this little tiny change to save your team is overbooked, overworked and underpaid because they need to take care of this issue, this issue and this issue and this issue and this issue and this issue. You just implement that one thing and most of them are gone. And it just levels up. It's like, especially throughout COVID, I was like, people, you, you must be you must be joking, right? It, sh-
1: it showed that stuff real. It's shown a spotlight on it, didn't
0: it? It took me. So my cut. Perfect example right here. And everybody that's in the US is gonna love this because it comes down to the DMV. I was still not on the name on the car. My late husband had a whole whole nother story. So I finally paid off this car. I need to send in the title, need to send in the death certificate. So the car finally becomes mine. This took me three months because I didn't wanna walk into the DMV. Three months. I moved multiple times the last few years, which means my iOS address has changed multiple times. Now I asked office is completely shut down. Nobody checked the mail. My bookkeeper wants to submit my tax for at that point, 2018, yeah, year back, whatever. The one that needed to be submitted. Sure. And the system, because we did everything online said, nope. So initially I thought somebody had a number mix in there and submitted their taxes under my social. Oh yeah, no, they red flagged me because I moved. We are living in the US. Everybody constantly moves over here, yeah?
1: Yeah, it's not, I mean, yeah, it, it is. It's very interesting because I see people moving from state to state to state. Um, sometimes to escape tax, like to change their taxation status. Sometimes because they just want to move. But there's different. Like there's 50 states for crying out loud. Like Canada, you don't see that happen nearly as much because big country, not as many states. Germany, you know, the provinces. same. We,
0: we are. We are more but you the guys, same
1: yeah, ones. you're right. Like I've, I've, i can count on uh, one hand in the last two months people who have moved easily, like easily. People I know. So that's just a handful.
0: So the IRS flagged me because of that fine security, I'm all good with it, considering that iOS sends snail mail out there with my social on there, where the security and that is, I don't know. And I needed to manually, pen and paper piece, submit my taxes, which didn't get checked for three weeks, because nobody, no, not three weeks, three months, because nobody was in the office. Then they finally did, sending me a letter back and I got everything, everything fine, everything good. Suddenly I get a letter of, you need to prove to us that you were you for us to finish this because I figured because of that security risk of somebody else submitting. Oh yeah, no, because of the address and I'm on the phone submitting my information on the phone, which is totally secure and efficient because they have so many people on staff. I'm like, people...
1: And I mean, government is one thing, I mean, but it's also corporations. It's, yeah.
0: It literally goes, it goes all ways. I'm like, I'm walking through here and I'm seeing it everywhere. I'm literally seeing it everywhere. I'm coming home. I'm like, okay, I need to meditate now. Why why is that happening that way? You can optimize this. Why is (laughs) it
1: like- because there's certain things you can't control. Like, I mean, I I'm know am staying
0: that- in my house. I literally, <laughs> I am an introverted extrovert. So okay. I just go out with people and I have fun. I actually finally, for the first time in forever, went out on Friday. Really great restaurant. Everything worked fine. I had nothing to complain about. And I'm living in San Diego. So that's happy place. Um, When I'm around people and I'm focused on the conversation and on the experience, things are not quite as bad. But when I'm walking the dog and I have time by myself and my brain to go bonkers, yeah.
1: That's when you have to kind of check. Do you journal? Do you you keep a journal Uh, at all?
0: Yes. Every morning, gratitude journaling and just literally whatever's in my head. Um, Haven't done evening pages in a while. I probably should pick that up again.
1: What about routines? What about morning and evening routine? Because I mean, your days can, I mean, especially when you're working in a tool and the tool changes a lot. Do you have opening and closings to your day to kind of keep them as so that the dynamics of the day, at least there's something that you can rely on?
0: My personal ones, yeah. So I get up in the morning, I have my coffee, um, take out the dog, do my journaling, do my reading. I have about, meta's matters how I'm doing that morning, two to three hours in the morning that are just mine. Um, my lunch break varies. I usually try, um, to take my two o'clock dump. I I get an energy dump around at two o'clock. Um, the best at that point is really just to take a break, go take the dog, just watch some TV, just take an hour for myself in between and then go back at it. I'm better and, and more productive when I do that. And then evening, I do try to cut the day off at 1030. That's it. At bed, uh, to bed at 1030, I do not have a TV in my bedroom, which has made a big change. I've never had that before. I always had a TV in the bedroom, always. But I'm like-
1: Yeah, we, we stopped when, when my wife and I got together, we never had one. And it's, it's I mean, it was a game changer because I mean, the bedroom is for, you know, it's, it's not for, it's for sleeping and other things. It's not for watching TV, right? Um, I want to shift gears as we get close to wrapping up and talk about moving someone into ClickUp from a tool. So uh, one of the reasons that we're chatting, uh, other than the fact I wanted to have you on the show anyway, was because we are you are helping productivity as my team move into ClickUp from Asana. So I have the benefit of having you to help, to help out with this process. But if somebody is trying to make a shift from one tool to ClickUp or even to another tool, what are some of the things that they should keep in mind so that they don't overwhelm themselves along the way?
0: You've watched my content, didn't you? You've seen that <laughs> rant video I had. Um, I do my research. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's, there's one video out there where I'm speci- specifically going after Trello users. Sorry, guys. Um, there is a reason you are, you, you are leaving a tool. There is a reason you are switching. So stop trying to make the new tool like the old one. That is is pretty much what everything comes down to. In that specific case, what I'm talking about is in Trello because everything is in that board view, you can make your statuses whatever you want to do. The problem in ClickUp is when you were actually wanting to scale your business or bring people in, we also want to look at uh, managing our team. What's the workload? Now, if we suddenly have 10,000 different statuses because you can, doesn't mean you should, you cannot see the workload, you do not, you, you can't identify the bottlenecks. And that's where my whole status versus stages comes in. And little, cele, cele, little celebration for me here, even click up. finally, after about five months, learned that lesson too, and it is adjusting the same way. So long story short, there's enough on the YouTube channel. You can watch all of that over there. Um, do not, try to make your new tool work like the old did. Look at what did you like? What didn't you like? And then build the new tool out in a way that makes sense of the findings that you had by analyzing why are you moving. Um, Other than that, for example, I have a client right now that went complete ad hoc. They exported from Asana, they imported into ClickUp. They went head first. They've dealt with it. They've dealt with it well, but they are also high technology people.
1: Yeah, yeah. We we did that. We've we've done a hybrid of this. So we have like the podcast and you know, have but I also created a space that's called Asana Import and there's a whole bunch of stuff living just there right now. And it's like, I don't touch it until we're ready to move it into the places it needs to be. But what that did for us, and I think this is a lesson too, I'll, I'll share, is... The more time you spend in the tool, the better you're going to get at it. So you need to use it. Yeah, you need to. I mean, I moved everything out of all of the productivity stuff out of Todoist is now in ClickUp. Same thing with Asana. Now, I'm still using Todoist for personal stuff because I like having a separate place to look for that because I'm also the type of person that if I'm in ClickUp for personal and I look to my right and I see, oh, "Oh, there's a work thing. Yeah, no, no, no. I want I'm at home now. This is what I do at home. I'm at work. So, um, but, and I think the other thing, and, and, and I'd love to get your thoughts on this is don't try to eat the elephant all in one bite too, right? Like, unless you're capable, like you said, you've got a big team and they're, they're very savvy tech people. There's a lot of people that when they go in, they try to do it all at once and then they're, they're not ready or they don't have the necessary knowledge or skills And then things don't work quite right. And instead of blaming the approach, they blame the application, right? So,
0: And it happens more often than not. I'm like, with this specific client, I'm lucky enough. They already went through the pain points. They already know the answers to my questions. Now, what I specifically do with my clients and what everybody else can do if they have enough time for research is go get the big picture. I do always have the big picture from my clients where we literally spend two, three hours of, okay, where are we going with this? Where was your issues? Why are you moving? What did you like over there? What kind of team members do you have? I have a full on ClickUp assessment in in that process And, and getting that big picture because that big picture will tell me at least at that point, where are we taking this what kind of structure are we using do i have standard structures and click up and standard approaches sure but that doesn't mean that's the right approach for you right so look at that big picture and then drill down in your case we started with the podcast because that's the most busy over there that's where we can get you using it had
1: the most people too most people were involved yes
0: It's. I always tell people, if you are just a solopreneur and you are trying to figure things out or you're trying to move things, you need to give a tool at least three, if not six months because we are people of habit. And like the first year I spent still with Post-it notes and ClickUp and notebooks and everything all over because I was used to using my Post-it notes. Mm -hmm. So even I had to build that habit of, Use that tool. and here's a little pro tip. Do a DMO, a daily method of operation. If you are using Clickup for that, cool, if not, get a different reminder somewhere else. It's a recurring task Monday through Friday that says in the morning, do this, do this, do this, do that, do that. If you put in there, if you want it in Clickup because Clickup is the tool you want to use, cool, put it in Clickup. That first of all gets you to the point of using the tool. And it starts building that habit of use ClickUp. Do this in the morning. Do that in the morning. I have in mind checking my COM, cleaning out my email and everything happens in ClickUp. So I'm using ClickUp the whole time to, to get into that habit.
1: Mm-hmm. I mentioned that a lot. When people are like, I want to use a new tool, set a reminder in your reminders phone app. Check, you know, ClickUp, check front, which is what I use for email. Um, it, it It's... Working with tools is such a fascinating study because I think that there are so many good ones out there. But the problem is, is number one, people generally don't want to pay for tools, which I think is, and I've talked about this many times. I mean, your time is worth paying a little bit, and ClickUp is really incredibly, you know, for the for the money, you're getting a lot out of it. I, I've seen that already. Um, before I let you go, uh, what can where can people go? to keep up with you and learn more about not just ClickUp, because I know you talk about ClickUp, but also just some of the other stuff, you, some of the practices you have. Because I, I think that I definitely want to showcase your YouTube channel, because that's where I really was like, I want to talk to Yvonne about this. Like, this is this is who. And, and I remember we had this conversation months ago,
0: mm-hmm. uh, well Gee, it's over. It's been a month, about a year
1: now. Easily, where I said, you need... Click double down on ClickUp. Like you've got to double down. Da- Dotto. And I talked about this too. You got to double down on ClickUp because no one was really doing it. And now, I mean, I'm seeing, I mean, I'm sure you're seeing the fruits of your labor. So um, where can people keep up with you and learn more about ClickUp and where else can people track down what you're doing online?
0: The easiest is literally ask Evie. So I'm on Instagram, which is a little more personal as well as quick tips and linking back to the YouTube channel. Um, I just started my Facebook group, finally focusing, listening to my mentors. I'm finally focusing on ClickUp for content creators and coaches. It's going to be so easy putting content in their Facebook group right there. But again, the full hub where you can find out everything is literally ask Evie.com. That's askyv And everything is usually linked in there and sign up for the email newsletter. If you don't want to miss out on anything, I usually notify everybody in there.
1: Yvonne, thanks so much for taking the time to join me today on the podcast. It's been great.
0: And thanks for having me.
1: And there you have it. Thanks to Yvonne for joining me on the program. If you want to get all of the links and everything else we discussed, just go to productivityist.com slash podcast 384 and you can get everything you need there. Or you can just check it out in the podcast app you're using, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever. And while you're in that app, the app you're using right now why not hit the subscribe button that way you don't miss a single episode of what's to come including next week where i am joined by AD Pinar to talk about life and a whole bunch of things really really great conversation that, that i have with him I'm, I'm really excited to bring that to you i'm also excited to bring future episodes to you and as a subscriber you would be able to get access to them really quickly and easily not to mention the archives as well so make sure you hit the subscribe button and if you're so inclined leave a rating and review in the podcast app that you're using Uh, that's it for this episode of a productive conversation thanks so much for taking the time to join me until next time this is mike vardy reminding you to stop doing productive and start being productive see you later